Finley's Thoughts is brought to you via Anchor.fm. You can find us here, you can listen to previous podcast episodes, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other places. Also, we want your opinion. Send us an email at finleysthoughts at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at, at finleysthoughts. I know he'd appreciate it. How do I know that? Because it's me. This is Finley, and you're listening to Finley's Thoughts. Hi, folks. Uh, this is Finley. Real quick, uh, just as a heads up, in this episode, we mentioned an actor who actually passed away in the time since we recorded this. Uh, so, uh, tip of the hat to Philip Bosco, passed away December 3rd, 2018. We do mention him in this episode, but uh, we mentioned him in, in kind words. So, that's it. Just wanted to note that. Um, otherwise, enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. This is Finley along with Walker, and you're here for Finley's Thoughts. And um, it is a chilly Monday evening as we record this. How are you doing tonight, Walker? Dang cold, to be honest. Uh, not that it's really cold up my way, but it's wet, so it feels colder. Oh, that's I the mean, worst. Yes, I mean, I came home from work today. And I'm in jeans. I'm in a long sleeve shirt. You know, it's comfortable. We got the you know the food going, the blast furnace, the oven going, and I like go upstairs and I get on those you know fuzzy. What do you call these things? Jammy pants. Round the house pants. Round the house. I like that. Yeah, house, house trousers, uh, or 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 lounge pants, or lounge you know. pants, lounge yeah, pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ah, um, oh, darn! It's it's. A, I, I should have gotten my comic book uh, uh, ones out. My they're my favorite ones. <laughs> oh, I saw my new favorite ones at a store earlier today. I was at a Target here in the Austin area. They have Christmas story theme ones with Ralph's face all over him with O oh, Fudge written across his mouth. <laughs> I actually posted about it on Facebook. <laughs> I was half tempted to buy them right then and there. And what stopped you? What 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 was, what was the what, what was the <sighs> second guess factor being that you'd be wearing them at home and nobody would see them unless you went out and you don't you you know better than to do that I hope. Oh no, <laughs> I would never wear them in public. Don't get me wrong; that's not even close to happening. But I, I honestly didn't think about it at the time as to buying them. I was more impressed with like, oh shit, look at these. They have Christmas story pants. So <laughs> I clearly. I, I, I clearly need to go back and get them. I can wear them with my yeah. Ralphie You'll Shoot Your Eye Out t-shirt on Christmas Day. That sounds like a Christmas uniform. Whereas Mrs. Walker wanted us to all get uh, matching pajamas, which I I, I went, uh, uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 Hard no. Hard pass no. on that? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it was it was funny enough when she got the – the uh, uh, Santa here we are talking about these lounge pants, right? So Santa-styled lounge pants with the uh, faux velour, faux velvet kind of, and 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 and, and, the, and the, I, I I could not make this up. That's what she got me, and so there I am in a in a t-shirt with you know with a, a kind of a Christmas t-shirt. I got my elf hat that I've had for we we've all had elf hats. We always we always wear the the the, the red. And, and, you know, well, they're Santa hats, but we call them elf hats. Right. And, and, you know, we always wore those. So we'd be opening up Christmas presents. We'd always have those on. And it just seems to be growing. And now she bought me these Santa pants. I'm like, oh God, what's next? 
you know, if I, it, if I, I mean, I, I well, I, I don't have my face up uh, on anything, but you know, I, I wear a, uh, um, uh, a goatee, uh, and it's almost all white. It's not yet. I still have a very faint, I used to call it a, a, a kind of a, a black stripe. Now it's more of kind of a mottled gray salt and pepper. Uh, Dude, my beard has gotten so gray underneath my ch- my jawline. It's like all gray and white now. And I'm only 40. So I just look <laughs> at that and I'm like, shit, that doesn't look good. But I keep the beard because it's warm. <laughs> I live in bloody Austin. <laughs> yeah, but it's getting chilly now. Oh my God! It actually might drop below seventy. Ooh. No, we're supposed to be right at freezing tonight and tomorrow night. Oh, you poor thing! Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, it is so, the Christmas yes, season. I was cold. <laughs> I don't think I ended that sentence. <laughs> yeah. It is the Christmas season, and we will be talking about Christmas themed stuff. I'm sure was over the next couple of weeks. Um, Tonight, oh, we're yes. be- we, 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 you know, everybody always talks about this is just an idea, though. But, you know, everybody talks about, oh, my favorite, you know, uh, Christmas program. We should talk about the uh, we could do the, the, the programs one should never watch at Christmas. But that. Would oh, be I got expansive. a list. Oh, yeah. That, that 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 would be far too expansive or I'll the worst watch- Christmas films to, to be watching, which I think I could go for. Oh yeah. No. Well, I'll give you my list in one fell swoop. Santa Claus takes very... over the world. I think that's actually a movie. Santa Claus conquers the Martians is one. No, conquers the Martians. That's what it was. Yeah. But no, every very special Christmas episode of any '80s sitcom avoid <laughs> like the plague. <laughs> it's a very special prince. The uh, prince of oh, what was that show? Will Will. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Although I will say this, there was a special in the eighties. Uh, it was Christmas with the California Raisins, which to this day is memorable in my head. <laughs> I actually quoted it to the wife the other day. Um, I mentioned here we come a waffling, and and she knew exactly what I was talking about. So, um. The dreaded, the dreaded Star Wars Christmas special. Oh God, that, that. <laughs> Let's save this. We're gonna <laughs> you, save you this. You know, George Lucas bought up every copy. I know, <laughs> but it's <laughs> you know. still out there. It's like I don't care what it costs this trillion dollar company. We're buying every copy. He didn't and get I want them the law- all, and I want to, and I want the lawyers to hunt down anybody who has them. He didn't get them all. I've seen it. Uh, it's it's or two anyway thanks to the movie meet the fockers there is a term that i know from yiddish called nishtgeet not good Uh, not good Uh, not good (laughs) that is an understatement on that one but we will talk about this later so sad couple of weeks we're going to talk about this uh it is monday december 3rd and um, if you're hearing this within this week, then you're aware that uh, we just lost a president. 41st. Uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, the 41st president of the United States, the last president to have been a World War II veteran, um, passed away. What was it? Late Friday night. Friday night. Yeah. 30th. And um, the I didn't, I didn't catch it until Saturday morning. So. 
I was up. I was up. I was watching TV, and I happened to flip open my uh, phone and I flip open. I happened to tur- uh, turn on my phone screen. <laughs> okay, Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, I caught the news, and it took me by surprise. It shouldn't have. Um, well, he, but I was, he, uh, what, no, he barely, he barely made it to his own wife's, uh, 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 ceremony. I mean, yeah. he had to be, he had to be brought in by wheelchair and it took every reserve. I, I think it did. I mean, that's my impression of it, but it took every reserve he had to, to just sit there for a couple of hours greeting all these people that wanted to just extend their, their, their condolences. Poor guy. I think you're right. Uh, and and the wheelchair he's been in for a while due to his Parkinson's certainly, but I think you're absolutely right. The man who was 94 when he passed, uh he was the oldest living president. Uh he was the oldest president uh you know in terms of length of life in US history. Um he he was a a very interesting man who was far stronger and far, um, far more capable than I think he was given a lot of credit for during his presidency. And you're seeing some of that come out in the news coverage of him now. Uh, you're seeing some of that come out in articles written about him at this point. Uh, certainly, certainly there was a lot to what he brought to the table in terms of his capabilities. He was an excellent diplomat. Uh, he was a foreign policy, um, just incredibly skilled at it. He had issues domestically. The economy did suffer a recession during his presidency, and that is ultimately yeah. a good bit of what tanked him. Well, yeah, but I mean, I flunked out of too many uh, uh, economics courses, but I understand enough of it to know that it wasn't of his making. He just happened to be standing and watch at the time. Right. And, and certainly, um, there are documentaries about the 92 election that I can recommend. The war room is one of them. And that was the, the do, it's the documentary that about the Clinton campaign and about how James Carville ran it. And they had a thing called, it's the economy stupid. Uh, there was that, there was Ross Perot who basically ran for president because he thought that Bush had tapped his offices and so he wanted to um well run. he split he split he split the republican vote yes he did heavily and by by yeah he, what 13% or something like that yeah. uh and and basically just stole all the votes away from bush to ensure he wasn't going to get uh reelected um i've heard it said today the today show was running interviews with former presidents that were I mean, is that ass hat still around come to think of it Perot, yeah, he's still out there. Huh. Um, somebody said that history may view Bush Senior, Bush Forty One, as the most capable and uh, accomplished one-term president the United States has ever had. And I can't argue that point. The man um, helped in the Cold War. He helped Europe through a very tumultuous period of time including the reunification of Germany and the collapse of the Soviet bloc. He kept 
the Middle East from turning into Europe in 1938. Now, there are those who question how much of the invasion of Kuwait came from uh, the U.S. giving kind of mixed signals about what would happen if Iraq went after Kuwait. But he made it clear what would, what did happen, which was, we will not stand for this. We will not let you invade Kuwait. We will remove you from that nation. Um, ultimately, he did a lot of things that were very, very important to the history of the 20th, 20th century. And that can't be ignored. Um I was I was looking at things online this week and and I, Walker I should know better. I should know better than to look at comments on websites. <laughs> yeah, cuz they're always so accurate. I just saw a lot of short-sighted bullshit about about him and and people who would not ever admit that someone on the opposite side of the aisle did good or, or was responsible for good things happening. I should know better than to look at that. I am, uh, much more of an independent, uh, more of a centrist than anything else. Um, both sides of the argument really annoy the piss out of me, but I, uh, I, I can definitely look at the man's achievements um, over a lifetime, not even just during his presidency, but over a lifetime of service and say he did a hell of a lot of good uh, for our nation and for the world. So. Well, I, I'm. On paper, I'm in agreement with you. Um, yeah. Unfor- unfortunately, uh, his hit. His administration was during my college years. So, you know, Mm -hmm. at that point, as I would say many, this is my opinion, (laughs) many college students are, there are many that are very involved or if not overly involved. Uh, There are, I think, as many, if not many more that are just uncaring. Uh, Mm -hmm. So like the... Uh, economic crisis that happened during his his reign. You know, I was a college kid. I, it didn't affect me any because I was still getting my beer and you know stuff like that. And sure, sure. Uh, you know, it's 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 later when it when when you suddenly become a homeowner, <laughs> you suddenly look at, hey, wait. <laughs> um, but some of the things that he brought for forward. Um, after Reagan, uh, because they were, they were actually opposed to each other until it, it kind of came to the Republican convention Yeah, that he, he, he was offered the, the post of a vice president and he was, um, geared up for, for a presidential run. So it, it took him, it, I, I read a, a great article on, on BBC, um, that, uh, um, kind of detailed some of his his having to kind of spin around on things. Uh, he actually had to kind of tighten up and toe the line a little bit about um, birth control. Um, he uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh yeah, the trickle down 
uh, Reagan, Reagan's uh, uh, trickle-down economic, uh, economic plan. Um, he, in, in truth, was not a great supporter of the Star Wars uh, concepts. Uh, not the movie. Uh, what, what, no, the what uh, strategic was defense initiative, yeah. Yeah. And, and during his administrations, did everything he could to dismantle it. Uh, and then the Star Wars program became what you now have as your general GPS guidance systems. Um, it's kind of morphed into, if I did my reading right. Um, and uh, so on one hand, you know, he was he, he he was a little different than what Reagan was. He wasn't as heavy-handed. In fact, that was his that was one of his uh, that was one of his platforms, but nicer. Yeah, um, and, and you're not and, wrong. And, and Nancy Reagan in in, in, a, in a in a fit went, then what? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you're not wrong about that, and that was kind of the knock on him was that he was a little bit milk toast. In fact, that image propagated what is still considered one of the greatest political Im- impersonations out there ever, and that was Dana Carvey's George Bush impersonation. Yes. Yes. Uh, and in fact, in an interview, Dana Carvey admitted that he had an opportunity to perform as, mm-hmm. as George Bush for George Bush. Now he goes on and makes it sound like he was running the white house for about 30 minutes, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, but I, <laughs> if you could do a good impersonation, wouldn't you want to get on his phone and call in the secretary <laughs> just to kind of screw her up? Or the Secretary of State, or his Chief of Staff. That'd be funny. Um, but um, uh, yeah, his—I uh, mean, his—he had a very short span, and unfortunately, when you look at look at it, what he was considered in his administration, and and then during his his second term or second uh, uh, run for the presidency, and how they oh, he's the wimp president, wimp, my right. God. You want to look at this man? He was the young, one of the youngest, youngest. I mean, my kid, a <clears throat> uh, 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 little Walker too, is is studying military because he wants to be uh, a marine. And one of the things he's he's, I, I just started reading it out, and he and his buddy both jump in that as at the point when is at at 19 he he signed up at 18 at 19 he's being awarded his wings and those two jump in with yeah he was one of the youngest uh naval yeah. flyers of his time yes, he was and i'm like how the hell did you know that well what do you think they teach us oh okay and 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 it's just remarkable plus not only, okay so he got his wings and he didn't sit on the sidelines Mm-hmm. He, he 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 was in the trenches. He was delivering payload. He was flying bombers. His crew killed. He flying bombers. He bails out of a flaming plane after delivering his payload. I don't know if his payload was successful or not, but he still delivered the payload. Jumped out of a flaming plane, parachuted in, picked up by a submarine many hours later. I, you you, that's wimp. Are you kidding me? Talk about the Pacific here, you know. So, <laughs> I think a lot of that comes from, and and you're right, it's completely an unearned reputation. A lot of that comes from, I think, a physical presence. George Bush was not a very physically imposing looking man, especially when you compare him to the former actor 
that was Reagan. You know, Reagan looked big, tall, bulky. Yes, he was in his seventies at that point, but still with a white hat, a white, a white Stetson. Right. Uh, (laughs) But he looked every bit the powerful person in his youth and then in his presidency, even at that age. George Bush, by comparison, thin, kind of a long face, kind of almost not quite gangly, but, you know, just a very lean figure. And and that's, I think, an attribute to where, you know, everybody started picking up on maybe he's not as strong of a, of a, of a mm-hmm. leader. And, I mean, because his presence wasn't, you know, definitive in that we're going to go to Kuwait which he unfortunately got saddled with. Um, um, and, and so he was, his administration was uh, desert shield becoming desert storm. Right. But um, he was seen as indecisive and I can kind of follow that, but I can also see, I mean, he was a thinker. You don't be the head of CIA without doing some thinking. No, uh, I mean that was one of his jobs, head of CIA. Not only did he know where the skeletons were, but he, they were they were cataloged, toe tagged, and inventoried uh, uh, in in files someplace. He knew where the skeletons were, um, but you know he, he he his his reactions were not fight first, um, and that's where he suffered. Now many called that a. Uh, uh, call that a, fa- a, a failing, a personality failing, which that's kind of how President Clinton got elected. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he did such a swell job. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, see, I'm trying to, I'm trying to play both sides. I, I, yeah, he was, uh, he was pretty good, but he wasn't good enough to get a, a, a second term. And it might have been happenstance, actually. Which, you know, which, he, which completely confuses me. I'm sorry, I'm going on endless here. It completely confuses me. He comes out of out of out of Desert Storm with a 93 percent acceptance rate. Yes, and in six months is, is 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 in the low 20s. And there were a couple things that contributed to that. Um, there were there were some negative reactions to not going into Baghdad and trying to depose Hussein. Uh, there were. Did you, read about, did you read about how that happened? Um, I know the reasons why it didn't. I know that there were people pushing for it, and he did not. He he said absolutely not. That's not what we're here for. Um, and it, more more truer. You're right. More truer is that was not our mandate by the UN. Exactly. Because he put the coalition together with UN backing that said that we could go into Kuwait because Saddam Hussein, the the, the very dictator that we propped up <laughs> uh and 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 rather than honor the deal, he got greedy and and always had this thing for that small little country that produces ten percent of yeah. of all oil produ- production, Kuwait. And and the mandate was Kuwait. That was it. You're supposed yeah, to Kuwait. He, You're not supposed if, to go to Baghdad. 
If he'd have gone to Baghdad, he would have lost the Arab portion of the coalition. He'd have lost them right then and there. That is absolutely 100 percent true because the Arabs, um, the Arab coalition, good way to put it, the Emirates, uh, were on the other side of the line of the U.N. saying, "Okay, but you're not going to go any further. Right, guys? Right. And the, the reason for that is very clear. You know, if if the U.S. goes in and deposes Hussein, who could we go after next? Yes. And so Bush 41 wisely said, no, we're not doing that. We are not going further. If we do this, it would be a bad thing. We are going strictly to get them out of Kuwait. And that's it. And he did. Um, but popular popular what would you call that? popular view sentiment popular sentiment was you had the chance yeah why didn't you go all the way there yeah. was that there was the economy which was beginning to fall into recession after the war um because this was not a war economy that we had going at the time and it was not a war that lasted long enough to develop a war economy um you know, this wasn't the same thing as the 1940s and, and and late 30s. So you didn't have that that boost that conflict tends to bring to a, a nation's economy. And so that combined with other nations increasing their capabilities and increasing their um, footprint in our economy and our capabilities – Puts him in a position where six months after the war, you're absolutely right. His approval rating is tanked. He is considered um, weak in terms of domestic policy at that point. People aren't looking at his accomplishments on the foreign stage. They're looking strictly at, okay, but what have you done for us? Lately. Yeah. (laughs) Later, you have NAFTA, which I remember – the fight at the time for NAFTA. I was young then. I was, I was just about thirteen when that twelve thirteen when that deal was coming through. But I remember reading the news about it, and and hell, um, he was getting beat up by uh, um, Perot over NAFTA. Oh, which and, NAFTA NAFTA uh, Perot directly benefited from. In multiple ways. Yes. And ultimately... Now, now, now see here. Oh, I, I remember the... I here's remember the, the, the yeah. I remember the lampooning of him. He was hysterical. Yes. Again, Dana Carvey, by the way, doing the oh, wow. uh, definitive oh. Perot imitation. In fact, uh, one of the greatest Saturday Night Live bits of that time was the debate where Dana Carvey played both Perot and Bush... On the same stage at the same time. Obviously, it was that, that, that Dana Carvey, when he stepped aside from from Saturday Night Live, went and had a heart attack. What a shock! You yeah, know. Okay. <laughs> um, he was a one-term president, but his legacy lived on for a long time. You had a lot of change that came about because of a Bush presidency from 89 to 93. And I look primarily at Europe and I look primarily at 
Russia moving away from a communist dictatorship to what it became for a while. And, and you know, we can question how Russia is run now, of course. But at the time, Russia was becoming a democratic player. So that you can you can help put on his watch. You can um, put on Panama. Yeah, Panama, he got Panama rid of Noriega. Yeah, I mean, I remember Panama, that. Panama was under a dictatorship and had a stranglehold on shipping traffic because who controlled the shortcut around the horn? Panama did. And Panama, built by American dollars. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and, and Noriega uh, was using... Panama as a jumping off point for drugs, according to uh, their the, the, the CIA's findings. And so we sent in a bunch of guys and deposed him. I remember that night, too. I'd and a lot of people said that Panama, if, do I have that right, that Panama happened after Kuwait? No, it was no, before. No, it happened before. Oh. Panama was 1989, I want to oh, okay. say. All right. So then I have that wrong. But anyway, um, I mean, one of the most unique uh, 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 de- 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 deposings. You know, they, they didn't capture him. They let him. They let him retreat to a home and surrounded it with um, uh, giant speakers. Metal, giant speakers and played metal, death metal uh, <laughs> for for three days straight <laughs> until he finally went. Enough, enough. I've had it. I've had it. Look, there's only so much cat scratch fever by Ted Nugent you can take before you're just done. <laughs> wango dango wango dango you know uh <laughs> you know he is responsible for one of the single most vivid memories i will ever retain from my childhood january 1991 i think it was january 26th 1991 or 27th i was at my home me and my two brothers, my parents were away. They had gone somewhere. Well, that was a that would have been a great lead in. My two brothers, Daryl. Yeah. Well, it was the right time period. Anyway, go on. A uh, couple of years too late, actually, for that series. But <laughs> we are sitting in our parents' room, kind of just roughhousing, and a special report comes on the news, and we were watching CNN. And we stopped, and it was the initial strikes on Iraq. This was the big attack that started Operation um, Desert Storm. And you have these shots from from Iraq, and you have these shots from Kuwait, and you see all of this stuff happening, and you're seeing things flying through the air in a sickly green light. And we were just transfixed. I will never, excuse me, um, I will never forget that moment as long as I live. Mm-hmm. Because that was the moment where war, uh, you know, became entertainment on TV, if you will. For you. For everybody me. Else, everybody else would say Vietnam. Yeah, for me. Um, in the cable era. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, how many cartoons you, you, you saw, political you know, statements where missiles were knocking on doors going, excuse me, are you the bad guys? Boom. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. 
Um, but war in the cable era really started there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in the cable news era for certain. Mm-hmm. You had technologies that were being demonstrated. Uh, Norman Schwarzkopf, Colin Powell demonstrating the weaponry that we were using. You know, here's a here is a strike on a building in Iraq that was building whatever kind of weapon it was, and you just see the strike and you see the building just boom. Um, I'll never forget there was a Doonesbury cartoon that talked about that where you see the missiles point of view and you actually see it go into a window and you yeah, see it. Yeah. That's, uh, I think, I think I might've been referring to that, that sort of, uh, peekaboo. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, um, well, the, 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 the attack in Kuwait, Kuwait city, uh, the CNN news broadcaster who was under a table and was just telling Peter you what Arnett. was happening. That's him. That's him. Peter Arnett. And and uh, you know the the uh, j- just uh, showing the night vision and and it looked like fireworks and and all that. So it was um, it was surreal is the best way I can put it. It was surreal, and I will never forget that. But I will never also forget that we were done in that operation fairly quickly. And, you know, of course, we never really left the Middle East after that. We maintained a presence there. We, mm-hmm. um, throughout the 90s, kept some uh, sort of... Throughout the Clinton fleet. years, throughout the yeah. Clinton years, we kept, the, yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's when you started learning about um some of the terrorism um what was the what was the what was the frigate that that got blown up in harbor uh oh you're talking about in uh 2000 or so oh, yeah was it that late i thought it was, it was that late i know exactly what you're talking about i can't think of the name of it but it was uh in 2000 it was blown up in harbor and that was an al-qaeda attack that was one of the first times al-qaeda was really seen as a threat to the u.s and then there was the embassy bombing that Al Qaeda took credit hmm. for. Okay, so that would have been uh, George W.'s years. Uh, these were all late Clinton. Okay, they were Clinton. I did have. Yeah, these were then. late okay. Clinton. Nine uh, eleven, of course, was Bush, but that was um, that was after so much planning and so much uh, strategy by the the terrorists that yeah, it took a while for that one to happen. But I mean. We we were still back to what you were talking about. I think still having a presence. Um, I mean, we were still sending sending people over there, and yeah. uh, and then it was a real dust up all over again. And I didn't know this in reading uh, about George H. Um, that and I was one. Uh, you know, a lot a lot looked at George W. as the reason that he got involved with, with uh, Kuwait all over again um, was to avenge his father, so to speak, finish what his father started. That plus the um, pr- the believed assassination attempt on George Herbert Walker. Uh, there was belief that George was coming back to avenge his dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is and- known that W. was one of the proponents of go into Baghdad and finish him off. And he was angry for a long time that his dad had not done that. 
Um, and in fact, you know, a, a lot of that belief came from the, the whole, everything was blamed on, on Al Qaeda and, 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 uh, Iraq and, you know, they, they had weapons of mass destructions. They did, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, even when it was like, they're not here. No, they're there. They're there. We have, we have, we have Intel. That says they're there. You're, you're just not looking hard enough. Go back. You know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and I, I can't say that it was, there was no, uh, he, uh, I, I, I don't want to say definitively he didn't do, didn't do that to go back and finish his dad's work, but it was kind of just the way it looked. Oh no, there was a, this, there's a lot of imagery there. You're absolutely right. Um, I think as much of it was, you know, Cheney's voice. Cheney was the Secretary of Defense under Bush Senior, um, so there was some of that. There was some of the influence of Baker and 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 whatnot. Baker this is, was Baker was Bush's best friend and confidant for so many years prior to his presidency. And then for decades afterwards, yeah, uh, I mean, James I Baker mean, was there when he died. It helped help them, uh, you know, help, uh, helped Bush get to the Senate and and you know his entire career. And so, you know, nobody knew why they, he went with them, but they were the best of buds. Yeah. So. Oh well. Uh, George Herbert Walker Bush uh, lost his wife six months prior. And those two were married for over 70 years. Um, I know I won't hit that mark with my wife, unfortunately. We married too late for that. (laughs) Um, We'll get you a time machine. I'll fix it all. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I, I just, I look at him and the thing that I think I can say about him the most is he was a good and honorable man who had his faults as does anyone and I think that he honestly did about as good in the position that he was in as he could have could he have done better well I mean that's tough for me to say look at the political climate that he was in look at the global climate he was in but look at all the things he did the cold war ends with him europe goes through a major transition with him the middle east does not become europe of 38 with him saddam hussein does not become hitler with him um just so much happened because of this man that I got to give him respect. I got to give him respect. What do you think? What's your thoughts? Oh, absolutely respect. Now, of course, we can have some fun. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, wasn't he the same president that threw up all over the Japanese delegate? Uh, Yes, he was the same president who said that broccoli would not be on Air Force One. And Um, because he was president and he didn't have to eat broccoli. I remember that. Yes. Uh, He was the president that brought us Dan Quayle. Yes. Now, uh, (laughs) I will say this. 
Which, is, is there, which many could say was the real reason he didn't get elected. Uh, <laughs> you know what? There's there's a little bit of, of truth to that argument. Dan Quayle was not the best person to have in that position. Tomatoes. Um, potatoes, the Murphy Brown thing. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, that was, that was a gift from the gods for that show. Oh, God, I remember. <laughs> that, that, put, that put them on their ratings for years. It did. It really did. And I remember the episode, the first season episode, where after Murphy Brown gets revealed to be pregnant and, and Dan Quayle is talking about, you know, a single mother shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be promoting that on TV. Like the next episode, which was the fall premiere, Murphy sees this and has a truckload of potatoes delivered on the front lawn of the uh, vice president's house. I will never forget that image. Well, that certainly shot himself in the foot because here he was trying to, you know, try to do some sort of moral outrage. And every single mother in the universe stood up and went, what the fuck are you meaning? Yeah. No, that was a that was a bad, bad Uh, thing. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think that was one of the one of those. and, And I remember reading something about that. Of They kept reminding him, don't waver from the cue cards. Stay on task. Don't try to improv it because you can't, potato head. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Potato so, Vice President here. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I think the comment about the, 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 the single mother on, on television and promotion was, was, was off off script. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't have that for sure. But <laughs> you, you, you just – don't shoot yourself that badly. <laughs> to this um, day, it cracks me up that Dan Quayle actually thought he'd be a viable candidate for president at some point. <laughs> and the world went, ah, 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 ah. oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Now, you just that. go back and sit right back over there. Okay. <laughs> sit back down and chew your, chew your, uh, your, your corn. Here's milk. some French fries. You know, you should be familiar with them. There is an E in fries, just so you know. Well, here we got a big plate of broccoli. The president refused. You're stuck with it. Uh, oh, Lord, a broccoli potato hash. Oh, 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 ow. That hurt. Um, I will say also, indirectly, Bush is responsible for one of the funniest things I ever saw on Saturday Night Live, which was Dana Carvey delivering the State of the Union after Operation Desert Storm had succeeded. It was uh, a spoof, and you should go out there and try to find it. Uh, this has been 91. It would have been around February of 91. And Michael J. Fox was the guest host that week, and he was playing Dan Quayle. And <laughs> And Phil Hartman is playing um, <laughs> the Speaker of the House at the time. I can't remember oh, his name. Oh, Newt Gingrich. No, it wasn't Gingrich. It was before oh. Gingrich because the, really? the Democrats are still in charge of the House. I want them there. Tom something. Tom Waits. Anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Tom Waits. <laughs> Mr. President. No, not Tom Waits. Um. Tom that came to mind. I can't remember his name. Anyway, it was after Tip, after Tip O'Neill. Okay. Um, Tip or two. But 
it is one of the funniest things because he just all he has to say is Operation Desert Storm, and the entire crowd just goes nuts. Um, it was it was great. I need to take you back about ten minutes. So here we were, we were talking about Manuel Noriega, heavy death metal music, and you 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 said uh, uh, Ted Nugent. I said Wango Dango, and you said I can't I can't remember I can remember um, uh, his first. Or you know this this great memory, and I, I guess you were pumping it up and you were leading it in and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Ted Nugent, what? Wait, wait, I'm, I'm lost. Where the hell are you going? And then you're jumping back in the in the beginning of Desert Storm. Like, Where did Ted Nugent have to do with this? It took me a while to catch up. I, you lost <laughs> me on some pronouns there, man. Hmm. <laughs> Pronoun trouble. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent had some big impact. You were playing with your brothers that I, I said, Daryl and Daryl. And, and, and I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the foot to drop. I'm waiting for the big shoe to drop for Ted Nugent. And you went desert storm. And I went, huh? No, they were playing <laughs> Nuge over the speakers, dude. I get that. I get that. But you jumped right back into something else and still used the word his. So my mind goes to who was the last he we talked about. It was Ted Nugent. So, with the possibility yeah, folks, of Noriega. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> this is what happens when you have a brain full of ADD. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can follow. That. Well, no, I can't. Follow. I, you know. <laughs> I'm debating whether or not I keep this section in. But no. Gonna... <laughs> no. Come on, we're going to have outtakes. Anyway, um, oh, made you look bad. Now you want to dump it. Okay, fine. I see how this partnership goes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, there were other things that that he had in his presidency that were not um, completely serious. The broccoli thing, the the throwing up on the the Japanese president Japan. the, in Japan, not in Japan, <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> Had some bad sushi. Um, <laughs> they did say he ate something poor that that made him sick. So, well, he tried to cover it I, later on. He said, "No, I was just having a bad cold." I, you know, he was afraid of saying, "Well, yeah, the stuff that the entire nation eats, sushi." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gave me a bad case of the bends. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> Look, I had the trots something fierce after that, and it, something was coming out one way or another. Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, here's a big one. He was a Yale graduate. He yeah. came back from the from from the Navy and went to Yale. This was not a dumb guy. No, and then went to Texas after that and made millions in the yeah. oil business yeah. in the 50s. The guy was a damn smart guy. And this is like I said being recorded on the Monday night of the week that his funeral and everything is going to be happening. Trump will be at the funeral. Um, that was actually a request. As well, long by, as he remembers what he's supposed to do after he shakes somebody's hand. Yeah. Um, if anybody was paying attention to the G20 summit, I heard don't just say, get me the hell out of here. Um, <laughs> you can tell he didn't want to be there. No, 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 no. We should blame uh, we should blame the Paris riots on that on that event, but it had nothing to do with it. Well, 
Um, he was a big believer in. Uh, he, President being, Bush. But President Bush. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Let me re, let me get it yeah. back. Bush was a big believer in national unity, Pronoun. that we can have our differences and yet still be one nation. And uh, I know it's been talked about a lot over the weekend, but nothing signified that more than the letter that he left for Bill Clinton when Clinton became president of the United States. Uh, it was a tradition he started that continued with the next few presidents. And I, I've read the letter a couple times, and I think it's one of the most eloquently patriotic things I've ever seen that you could you could write. And I thought that it was a beautifully human graceful dignified way of letting your successor know that you believe in them even if you don't agree with them that to me was just uh, just a, an amazing thing to read and uh i uh, i wish as a nation we could figure out how to get back to that. And I don't see it happening anytime soon. And that's the most political I'm going to get in that, in that arena. Well, actually we got pretty political already. True. True. Well, I think that we are going to move on from the political and the morning, uh, to something else that's happened tonight. Now tonight, Marvel Studios released a trailer. This is the trailer, the latest trailer, in fact, for Captain Marvel. It is comic book talk, people. Yes. Well, comic book talk in a little ways. I'm a little Um, out of my league here. Go on. uh, Captain Marvel is the latest movie that Marvel's coming out with. It comes out in March. It is the lead into Avengers Infinity War 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um I will always make every that joke. Time, every time you do that, it makes me laugh. I will always make that joke. <laughs> so, oh, oh, God, those were horrible movies. Go on. <clears throat> but it is um, evident that this is a movie that is targeted towards a female audience, and that is wonderful. You know, Marvel took its time to get there. Um, DC and Warner Brothers got there first with with wonder woman and surprised Uh, everyone. Yes. Yes. Remarkably. So wonder woman's an amazing movie and, um, captain Marvel looks to be really interesting as well. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having that in the Marvel universe. Um, not only a female hero, but a female superhero with powers and capabilities that exceed, uh, those of her male, Compatriots, and doesn't that stick? Oh no, maybe I'll, I'll hold that off. Um, it it just served to underline something that's become true in the last ten to fifteen years. Movies women, targeted women go to the movies. What a shock! <laughs> well, not not really that so much as movies that are targeted towards women have changed in tone and scope. <laughs> yeah, it's not all the Hallmark Channel. No, it's not. <laughs> and, and 
you know, there is the stigma of the quote unquote chick flick. Um, the movie, yeah. typically a romantic comedy or romantic drama that is targeted oh, towards a female audience. That's so wonderful. Typically to counterbalance a movie that's targeted towards men during the same release period. Nobody puts uh, a baby in a corner. But you and I were talking the other day and my wife uh, as well. And, and she brought up the idea of, you know, what are these movies that are meant to be targeted towards women that in fact are very much, you know, cross gender in terms of appeal. Uh, as she put it, what are the chick flicks that guys like? Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman's definitely up there. Good looking uh, legs, running around, swinging an axe. Ugh, that's so not short. quite. The that's why. Well, movies. that's not quite what anybody wanted it to be, but that's what it turned into. Well, Wonder Woman was, also turned out to be a wonderful character too. Uh, absolutely, but you know, it was it did not go unnoticed that her costume got a little more risque. Well, not risque. Okay, got a skirt got a little wire, but I mean, the damn thing kept getting in the way. I don't, I don't blame her. So I gave Walker a homework assignment, and I did it as well, uh, to come up with a list of movies that, while targeted originally probably towards women, are um, enjoyed by men and women across the board. I have a list of ten. I'm curious to see how many of these match up against each other. And so um, – I will ask I you. Have, to... I have a list. I can't say it's a list of ten, but I have a list. I have a list as well. Uh, I did not include Wonder Woman, and I should have. But most of the most of this list I based around the kind of the the stereotypical quote unquote chick flick, um, and I think that's why I didn't include Wonder Woman because I felt that was more of the modern um, female targeted movie. But I will start with my first one, and if we have something that matches, let's just make sure to call it out. Uh, my first one's an old one. Nine to five. Uh, uh, hey, I didn't think of that one. Yeah. That is actually a, a, a highly feminist movie. Uh, I, I rewatched it again recently, in fact, and I was blown away just by how progressive that movie actually was for its time. Um, in terms of what uh, you were seeing being brought forth as, well, women should be able to have the same, you know, rights in the workplace as men and, and, and you know, all of these things in equal pay and all this stuff, things that were being argued in the, in the political sector, certainly were being brought forth in this very enjoyable for its time movie with, Three very, very good comedic talents. And um, I was really impressed by how it actually held up pretty well. So that was my first one. And I'll hand it over to you. What's your first one? Um, coincidentally, these are almost all movies I've seen with my wife, too. Uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. I considered that one, but I've never actually seen it. So I couldn't oh. tell you. Well, uh, the dialogue between um, uh, why am I stuck on the name Hugh Laurie? That's not right, Hugh Grant, idiot. Um, <laughs> I, I saw a great, uh, well, not great, but I saw a decent uh, uh, thing with uh, Stephen Fry talking about his book from 2014, and he was 
every story seemed to involve uh, Rowan Atkinson and Hugh Laurie, the two of his best friends. Anyway, so I got I got that name stuck in my head. Um, uh, Hugh Hugh Grant, um, and and the dialogue between himself and his character brother in sign language is just the, the, the kind of shtick and the kind of schlock that two guys would do to each other. But it's what's, what's more fun is that they're doing it in front of people who, who can hear, but they're doing it in sign language and they are just, you know, trying to kill, break each other up, uh, you know, calling each other foul names yet. They're in a, you know, very public area. It, it, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, it's a very, very, um, uh, early, um, um, uh, um, is it Simon Callow or I'm trying to think of, uh, uh, he was in shield. He was in, uh, uh Spartacus, uh, help me out here, man. What's I don't know. Uh, oh no no no! I know who you're talking about. Um, uh, John something. Um, yeah, I know yeah, the actor you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Uh, yeah. he, he was also in um, the Mummy um, movies. The Mummy movies, yes, he was. The, he was hysterical in those. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, I'll come up with him in a minute. Um, and um, it's 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 humor. It isn't slapstick. It isn't the which I dread. Um, um, Andy McDowell is nothing, nothing hard to look at. Um, yeah, but from what I've heard, she's not exactly the greatest actress in that movie. I don't think she was hired for acting. Um, I mean, well, that's true. Maybe she got better on later on, but, um, she is good in multiplicity. John Hanna was the guy I was trying to remember. John Hanna. Thank you. Yeah. And another awesome actress uh, who actually was much older than all of them, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. I adore her. Um, I love her. You know, I've seen her in in a, in a lot of other very dramatic. Very. Uh, she was in Whisperer, wasn't she? She was in Horse Whisperer with Redford. She was in the Horse Whisperer. She was in the first uh, Mission Impossible. She was in the English Patient. Uh, um, I'll take you on. The, I'll take. You have, uh, at your word on English patient. I don't think I saw that because I don't think the wife could drag me. Um, it's, it's boring. I'm not going to yeah, lie. It, it is boring that was as so, hell. That was so chick flick for me that it would have been like, nope, <clears throat> nope, I'm not moving. You try and move 250 pounds. That was at the time. I've, I've grown some. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you, you drag me into the theater because it ain't happening. Well, um, <laughs> I'm going to follow up yours with what is considered the spiritual sequel to that movie, Love Actually. Um, that's a movie that's got some challenges to it. It's It's got some issues with the storytelling, but it is highly enjoyable to a lot of people, and I'm one of them. Um, there is a scene in that movie with Rowan Atkinson um, that is just hysterical, as an example. Uh, he played huh. a shop clerk. This one escapes me. I didn't know. I don't know this one. It's a Christmas movie of sorts. Um, Richard Thomas? No, that can't be the name. Um, but anyway, the the, the writer of Four Richard Wedding. Ra- Richard Roundtree, but I don't see that. Happening. No, no, not Shaft. Um, no, Such the writer of Four Weddings and a Funeral and Blackadder and a bunch of other different things 
wrote this movie as well. And um, now, Black Adam is not a chick flick, but man, you no, 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 watch that. <laughs> so that's my second one. Uh, Love Actually is kind of across the genders. Uh, I'll go with another one here that may surprise you that it's on my list. Um, Working Girl. Melanie Griffith, Sigourney Weaver, Harrison Ford. Ford. Very strong movie from the mid to late 80s. Uh, really just a, a, a it's it's a great movie. It's Melanie Griffith at probably her best. Um, let's face it, Melanie's never exactly been the best actress in the world, but she's really good in this. Uh, yes, yes, her her follow up of of uh, 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 Cherry Two Thousand was you know they they were they were weeping in the corridors uh, for that. <laughs> well, she's got a line in the movie that that summarizes her character. I've got a brain for business and a bod for sin, and, and which Joan she, Cusack had a better line. It says. $5,000? What? It ain't even leather. Yes. Oh, John Cusack is brilliant in that movie. Um, Sigourney Weaver's great. Harrison Ford's kind of the eye candy in the movie, which... Which is funny when, when you got a, when you got a Baldwin in there. Yeah, but it's Alec when he was not looking that good. That is Alec that, Baldwin's kind that of... Is, that is Alec Baldwin before he went, hey, maybe I should try to stand toe-to-toe with John Connery. Yeah, it is. It's a pre-Red October, which is when you start getting peak Baldwin. Yeah. Peak Alec yeah. Baldwin yeah. is Hunt yeah, for Red was, October. Yeah, then he did The Shadow, and then it was all bad. Well, he also did a movie called Malice, which was really good, by the way. Oh, I remember that one. That's a great That was the jury movie. one, right? That's the one where he's a doctor. Oh. Um, that was the one where he was an assassin, and it was a jury, and it was... Um, I think that one's called uh, the juror. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, oops. <laughs> so yeah, Baldwin was in it. Uh, uh, Philip Bosco's in it in a great role. He was a great character actor in the day. Uh, uh, Bosco wasn't that the one? Uh, he was the uh, the the head of the uh, 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 radio. Yes. Uh, stations. Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. Yes, he is a great actor. Uh, a lot of stuff. Weird when he played a bad guy in something I watched, and I went, what? No, he's never the bad guy. No. Yeah, he was the bad guy in, um, I want to say he was a bad guy in Three Men and a Baby. Or maybe not a bad guy, just a cop that you kind of saw as a threat or something right. like that. Yes, yeah. Can I hold a baby? No. You know, there, there's a movie that, that, that could end up on that list. I didn't think of that one. It's one that I didn't think of until just now as we said it. Yeah. And it absolutely is on yeah. that Yeah, I mean, it's cute. That is it's quick. It's not action-filled. A guy, a, a guy couldn't get that bored in it. Uh, Selleck is, is charming in a, in, a, in a way that you didn't think that was possible, especially after you know Magnum B.I. Um, He's great in it. Steve Gutenberg is still funny that, in it. Ted Danson's great. Ted Danson? I think he just played himself. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Gutenberg. Yeah, yeah. That that was post contact. Uh, no, not contact. Uh, 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 oh, cocoon. Hell. Cocoon. I couldn't get out of the egg roll. I don't know why I was there. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna go bye bye for a minute. Um, um, no. Oh, I have one. Oh, yeah. Go on. Sorry. 
No, no, you're absolutely right, though. Three Minute, Three Minute a Baby absolutely deserves to be on that list because it is a great comedy. And you know who directed it? Uh, Leonard Nimoy. Oh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the movie he kind of got as a reward for Voyage Home. Ah. Uh, which many would have said was his better. Yeah. Um... Anyway. Well, okay, in the same vein of, of Working Girl, probably around the same time period. Uh, no, actually, it looks like it's three years old, uh, newer. Soap Dish. And that, only because yes. it has such a huge cast, you can't go wrong. I love that movie. I mean, um, you, 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 uh, uh, Klein, Kevin Klein, sorry. Yes. Uh, you, you got <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., pre-prison years. Um, uh, Sally Field playing high level neurotic Sally Field perfectly. Yes, yeah. Which you know, all you had to do was go. Shouldn't you be running around in a Firebird doing that anyway? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, hysterical. Whoopi Goldberg, yes. Uh, wasn't um, uh, 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 Saturday morning television program to. Uh, naked uh, showgirl uh, Banks? No, not Banks. No, you're uh, thinking uh, Elizabeth, I know who you're th- Elizabeth Elizabeth Berkeley. So you're thinking Berkeley. of, but Elizabeth yeah. Shue is who plays in the movie. Oh, um, Kathy oh, Najimy's Ter- in it. Kathy Terry Moriarty. Hatcher, Terry Hatcher pre super uh, pre pre. Um, yes. Uh, um, Kent Lois and Clark. Kent. Lois and Clark. Yes. With one of the great unexpected jokes. In the movie, um, I'm not going to repeat it here. You need to look at the movie. It's a line she says to Robert Downey Jr. that is just fucking hysterical in that moment. Wasn't she um, just her own boobs and, and everybody was like, "Yeah, something like that." Yeah, something like that. Um, the the greatest moment in that movie, however, is when Whoopi Goldberg plays a German doctor. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to go with one of the best, one of the better lines out of that. I can't even write that shit. You yeah. know? <laughs> yes, that is a great line. Um, <laughs> oh yes, yes, the the brain retraction bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we were going to transplant your brain because they had lost what they had lost. The, they had to go live because the <laughs> the the uh, well, the three leads were not going to be able to work with each other anymore. Right. And And then you have the girl who's supposed to be mute who's like, you can talk. She was able to talk the whole time. Okay. Uh, This movie is – I love that movie. I absolutely love that movie. Well, you know, it's a a branch off from that same style of movie, and and you get um, uh, Dustin Hoffman, Bill Murray in – Tootsie. Tootsie. With, which, which I think has one of the funniest lines I always thought was funny of, you know, camera, camera five. Is there any way you can, you know, uh, can, can you pull back to make her, make her look better? And his, his line is, how do you feel about Pittsburgh? Yes. <laughs> you know, and you kind of go, wow. <laughs> yeah. That, that is a fun movie as well. Tootsie is a great movie. I have not seen it in years, but it's a great movie. I, I find it painful to watch, but you know, that's because really, it, um, Mostly, a lot like Soap Dish when they when they went way off the rails. Um, 
and and uh, uh, for similar reasons too, they 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 lost something or they had to fix something, whatever it was, and they had to go live. And as soon as they went live, everything fell apart. Yeah. Um, but I guess watching you know Dustin Hoffman dress up as a woman. Oh uh, no, it's not believable. Uh, you know, and and um, um, oh, excellent actress can't come up with her Gina name. Gina Davis. Sorry. Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang. Uh, a very young Jessica Lang. Um, yeah, fairly young. Uh, yeah, it was like one of her first movies. Um, she had already done King Kong by that point. But this was about 82 or 83 she did this. So, yeah. yeah. And and again, another movie that, you know, if you want to get away with a chick flick, us guys could you know, put that in there. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire fits in the same realm of dress up. Uh, so. That's more family film than than I would say female driven. Um, but no, I get yeah, your point on that. Yeah, yeah. but oh, uh, anyway. So, but yeah, Soap Dish was uh, was um, just because of the powerful ensemble. You you, you really couldn't lose too but too much on that one. So, good. And you and you don't have to get all wrapped up in the plot because there ain't one. No, I'm gonna go with one now. Um, this one is – it's a movie that I grew up with watching on TV all the time, and I did not put it together that it was kind of that – the kind of movie we were talking about here until I read it recently. Overboard, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. The, one of the few times they actually acted together. Yeah, they didn't do a whole lot of movies together. Which is kind of stunning considering his po- deep pockets and – Oh, well, yeah, well, I think you haven't seen her a lot lately. I think she had some bad surgery or something. I think you're right. She did a movie a couple of years ago, and, and that was the last thing I think I saw her in uh, with Amy uh, Schumer. But really? that's a movie, oh. yeah, called Overboard. Snatched. Fun movie. Um, trying to remember who else is in it. Um, uh, let's see. Edward Herman. Um, <laughs> yeah. Roddy McDowell, uh, Catherine Helmond. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, she plays her mom. Mother. Yeah, and Roddy McDowell played the butler. Yes, in a great performance, by the way. Yes. Uh, there's a scene near the end of the movie, him talking to her after she has come back, and you know she's now this new person, and, and he has this scene with her talking to her about how she used to be. And how she's not that same person anymore, and it's just it's a it's a wonderful understated moment from Roddy McDowell, and uh, I absolutely love that. It, it has the one event that my wife, when we saw it, looked at me and goes, "I'll kill you," of where in character uh, Kurt Russell's kind of boorish mm-hmm. uh, uh, male type buys. Hang on. Annie. Yes. Oh, my God. I came up with the character name Annie. Yes. Uh, a washer dryer. And she was thrilled. And my <laughs> wife looked at me and went, I'll kill you. I will kill you. If you ever <laughs> buy me something that I'm supposed to be working with, I th- that's a need, not a gift. Which is funny. It's a shame that, uh, that uh, Mrs. Walker doesn't hear this right now. Um, because... What was it that she said for upcoming Christmas if I wanted to get her a present 
It was like a what the hell was it? I'm hoping not like a, a Dyson vacuum. I, you know what? It might have been because that's what popped in my head. And, <laughs> oh, Jesus! And I went, "Are you nuts?" There's a standing, long-standing rule: almost thirty years of a relationship, not to buy you household implements. And she said, "Well, that's fine." And I said, "Well, then I ought to get you a massager." She didn't get the joke. Anyway, um, <clears throat> treading on thin ice there, Walker. <laughs> ice station zebra, thin ice, thin ice. And I, not a chick flick. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking more like the thing. Oh, oh. Well, I mean, you're going down the Kurt Russell road <laughs> because you go down there, and I'm going to end up at Escape from New York. Not a chick flick, by the way. <laughs> not um, a chick flick either. By the way, from Overboard, one last thought on this: I have done the Spaghettio Surprise in my lifetime, and it's not that good. <laughs> Spaghettio Surprise. Uh, wasn't that the one they put it in like a, they blew it up or something? No, no. Spaghettio surprise is when you take about three cans of spaghettios, dump them in a pot, take a thing of Ritz crackers, crush them up, and just dump it on top of that and heat it up. Uh, that's that sounds like my college years. <laughs> that was my right around college years. That was my twenty dollars for uh, for food for the week years. Yeah, that that. But I had mixed it up with. Spaghettios and ravioli and and oh, oh, yeah oh, gag. All okay, right. my my turn, my turn. Yes, go ahead. When Harry met Sally. It's on my list. I it know. was going to be my I last. Know, one. I know. Sorry, I had to use it. <laughs> I knew. I, I was had to waiting to list. save that one, but it's a wonderful oh, choice. That's, one is, your, that's your top, really. Wow. Okay. That is my top. Um, it is the quintessential female-centric movie that is absolutely able to speak to men and women so easily. And it comes down to one major, major thing in its corner. And that is men the and performance. Women can't be friends. Pardon? Oh, I'm sorry. Men and women can't be friends. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, it's the performance by Billy Crystal and it's the chemistry that he has with Meg Ryan. And Meg Ryan is fucking phenomenal in that movie. I mean, she is a tour de force in that movie. And Billy Crystal is just. There is a scene from that movie that is played over and over again. I'll have what she's having. Yes, I'll have what she's having. That line given by uh, the the great Carl. Yeah, that was that Carl Carl Reiner's wife and 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 Rob Reiner's mom. Um, I'll have what she's having. Yes, Uh, the quintessential. Acting so badly at a restaurant and then just going back as if everything was normal. I want to say that was an ad lib written that day. Like it was something they wrote that day and added to the movie. Well, it's not like Rob Reiner and and, uh, Billy Crystal weren't buddies. Yeah. I mean, by this time, um, uh, uh, Spinal Tap had already come out. And, I mean... Billy Crystal was in there. He was tucked away as a mime of all things. Um, and, you know, they traveled the same circuits and they were, you know, you have that genius power there. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, uh, Bruno Kirby, you got to throw out a, a you got to throw a throw out for, uh, uh, for Bruno Kirby, who was a goofy characters prior to that. But I mean, 
standing toe to toe there with Princess Leia. Yeah, Carrie Fisher also. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah. really great in this movie. And yeah. she was so good with comedy. Yes. 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 Oh, I don't know. I, I think that was before she got into her rewrite business. Uh, uh, she was starting to get into it then. She yeah. had already written postcards the, from the edge. She was she was doing she was doing script doctoring. Yes. Um and actually well pay for it. Oh uh, yes. Uh but uh, a, a a fun uh, uh, uh <laughs> um uh, lots of faces, lots of, uh, of people. Um, um, and, and, uh, you're right about the chemistry. It was, and I don't think they ever tried to, like they did with, uh, Meg Ryan and uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. I don't think they ever tried to do it again. I think they did that as a, there's no way we're just, that's the one that's the only one. Let's just do that and call it done. No, they didn't. And, and, and you can make an argument about Sleepless in Seattle, by the way. You know, that's a good movie. I don't know that it's necessarily the same level of what we're talking about here, but that is a good movie. No, but You've but the, Got Mail the, is not. The, God, no. Um, though, though, it does highlight, you know, men's thinking about everything can be answered through The Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Um <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, the chemistry of sleepless in, in Seattle going to, you've got mail, um, just didn't hold up. No, it didn't. So wasn't there also a third, uh, Joe of the volcano? Joe versus the volcano was the first of those movies that they did together. It was the first. Yeah. That one came out in 89. And what possessed, based on that one, what would have possessed the movie studios to go? We got to pair them up again. That was such a terrible movie. Oh, very simple. The likability factor. Um, both Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks had high Q ratings going at the time, and um, they were seen as very bankable stars. Now, that is towards the latter half of Meg Ryan's popularity. Uh, I say latter half. That's not quite – Yeah, it's there. Joe versus the Volcano is early in her uh, popular period of her career. Um, Sleepless in Seattle is 93 and that's mid mid area. She kind of started waning in popularity after that. She's, she's not quite on the downward slope yet, but she's getting there and you've got mail is towards the downward end of it. I'll take your, uh, I'll, I'll take you on that one. That's fine. Okay. Um, cause there wasn't too many other Meg Ryan stuff. I mean, well, okay. I suppose, that's not a chick flick, though. Uh, what was that Which one? one? With, her, with, her, with her husband, the goofy one. Inner Space. Inner Space. With Marty Short. Joe Dante movie, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Uh, no, the that reason I, The reason I say Marty Short is just because I just happened to watch a Netflix, um, again, for the second time, because I liked it so much. Uh, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin thing? Steve Martin and, and, and Martin Short's uh, um, 55, 65-minute um, uh, bit, uh, which, yes. I mean, my, uh, oldest Walker was, uh, uh, the, uh, in, in the upper room with his girlfriend and started hearing the one liners, especially the insults. 
and <laughs> and and he came downstairs just bust on a gut because you know oh. some of them were just you know vicious you know oh that special let, is let brutally me, funny. let me count the awards one two three four five six and you none you know so. <laughs> <laughs> although my favorite line of that whole thing is top that motherfucker <laughs> yeah 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 that is that is true um but but with meg uh, with meg ryan um I don't know. Somewhere around, uh, what was that one that she was in? Um, she was the alcoholic. Is that one? Man loves a woman. When a man loves a woman. That is yeah. a hard movie to watch. Yeah, it was around there that I kind of went. All right, I'm getting oversaturated with the girl, and then, then yeah. I just could not believe her as a as as a uh, uh, was she an army flyer, uh, army flyer, Navy flyer, or was it a Marine flyer incurred oh, under yes. fire? I, I could not believe that at all. Um, that was not a good movie. Courage under uh, fire. And then, and then I totally, that was, I was done with city of angels. She did a great oh job. She did a great job. Uh, my wife's a big fan of Nick cage and I get away with it because he does a lot of testosterone-based movies. Uh, Gone in sixty seconds, one of my favorites. Um, and and um, um, that movie was unique. It was it, it, it had me captured. And I mean, and then that, the truck that, scene. That, that that movie of '98. I, I I think I can say safely, and 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 if I blow endings, I don't. I, don't, I really don't care. Uh, but no, no, it's fine. But I mean, you know, oh, soundtrack to kill for, um, compelling, um, really a unique story. Um, uh, uh, Sipowitz, whatever his actor's, actor's name was in it. Uh, Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz. In a Dennis great Franz. performance. Yes, which I don't think I've actually seen him in any performances since. Um, and, um, uh, you know, you, 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 you see Nick Cage's plummet to the earth and you, you, you feel for him. And then she's riding a bike down a hill, looking up into the sky and smacks the bus. Yeah. That, credits. And that, I went, what? And to this day we, we, we see that movie. Uh, we don't care where it is. Click off. Done. That movie. Um, you're absolutely right. That scene. So takes you out of that movie. It, that and it's something from the original. This is a remake of another movie uh, from Germany, and it's in both movies. That decision and that decision to kill her character so takes you out of the moment and takes you out of the movie. And I know that the point of it is to say that as humans we are weak, we are frail, we are. Um, okay, you know, fine. Life yeah. is fleeting, but I didn't Life go into. A, I didn't pay all that money to walk into a movie theater and have that no. happen to me. No, um, no, I I saw the movie on TV on HBO because I uh, at summer of ninety eight was not a good summer for me, folks. Uh, so I didn't see a whole lot of movies then, and I didn't see that one. And um, th- that when I saw that, I was just like, "What the fuck?" As I think my exact response. You feel ripped off. You feel yes, entirely you do. like you just got cheated. You feel emotionally ripped off. You are so invested in what this man has done, and he's given up to be with this person, and to have it yanked away from him. 
Now, it does lead to a couple of incredible scenes with Nicolas Cage, first with Dennis Franz, and it's a very quiet, it's a quiet, neither one of them say a word. It's a very brief shot of him and Dennis Franz. Oh, at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, um, it's just, you know, Dennis Franz is just sitting there just completely empathizing with him. And then there's the scene where he's alone and he calls out his friend who is an angel. He says, I can't feel you, but I, I can't see you, but I know you're here. Um, and it's just this anger, this this moment of you know, you you took this from me, you know you you he took this from me. God took her from me. I gave up all of this, and this is how this happens, kind of thing. And then you have the end, which the ending for what they have done in the movie, where he realizes the 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 how do I want to put this. Um, he realizes what he has still, and he has life, and he has the ability to feel, the ability to be in the world, something he did not have as an angel, and to be able to enjoy that. He doesn't have the girl, but he still has that. For what they've done, that's not a bad ending. But you get to that ending with one of the worst storytelling decisions. Um, there is a there is a concept in comic books called um, – Women in refrigerators, and it's the idea that for the hero to be able to move forward, uh, his female protagonist, his female love interest, has to die. You kill that him off. This movie does that, and it's it's so jarring, and it is so distracting from the rest of the thing that it just completely takes you out of it. It completely takes you out of the the story that they're telling, and you just sit there the rest of the movie angry. I yes, have only watched yes. that movie twice. I will you, not you watch actually it again. Said watched it twice. I watched it twice because I wanted to make sure about how I felt about the ending of it. Oh wow! Apparently, you don't know when you're beaten over the head. <laughs> sometimes, man, I sometimes I'm so willing to give cheated. stuff a second chance. I felt so cheated in that movie. <laughs> All right, we talked about a movie that uh, both of us agree is not. A great movie. <laughs> it's a chick flick, but dude, you're asked to go to that one. Find an exit point. <laughs> well, it it is one that I think both men and women can loathe. Mm-hmm. So at least it's got that going for it. Or just as you see Meg Ryan climbing on a bike, which the bike is central to the whole story. But as soon as she's climbing on a bike after a very difficult situation, and she's just riding down the, the credits hill, stop right there. What? Yeah, just assume no. the credits. No, well, I was thinking go for popcorn. Oh, yeah, that's good uh, have a, have a, go for popcorn. Uh, have and a then just think that she's, just think and, that and, she's gone to the store the whole time after that. And he's really upset that she's gone to the store the rest of the right, movie. Right. And, and you'll hear if, especially if she's not seen that movie before, you'll hear what? And you'll chuckle <laughs> <laughs> and go, you'll never want to do this to me again. Will you? Um, it's, 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 that's where you just look at your significant other, be they male or female man or woman. And you say, you're welcome. You wanted something emotional and something dramatic. Bingo, Charlie. So can I warm up fast and furious now? Uh, (laughs) All right. We're going to move to the, Oh no, I got two more. Oh, I was going to give you another movie on my list. I've got, Oh, Oh, I thought you, I thought you were calling for, for, for a transfer. Okay. I have six more. Oh my God! 
Okay, so I'm going to go to my next one. Uh, this one's not a comedy. It's uh, one of only a couple of non-comedy movies I have on my list. Uh, 1990, it is uh, romantic as fuck. And it's one <laughs> It's one that men and women can both like. Well, mo- most of our significant others would not say combining that is, 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 is going to get you far. Hey man, it's as romantic as fuck. <laughs> what? This is well, so high we're going to watch this. the movie and you're going to go home and you're going to take a cold shower. <laughs> Ghost. Oh. <laughs> I see we have our first disagreement. God. I despise that movie. <laughs> I got dragged to that nightmare. <laughs> really? First, when I was well, not one of the first, but near one of the first movies I saw with the now Mrs. Walker. Oh. <sighs> okay. <laughs> what? You want the story? All right. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'll, uh, I'll take your reaction to be all the story I need for this. Oh, God. Okay. Um, it had some. It had one or two great lines, and 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 unfortunately, um, you know, those were micro moments of the movie. Uh, fair enough. Where where Patrick Swayze and the bad guy um, doesn't matter. You see him around still. Um. Going up in the elevator. I think I've referred to this joke before, too, where, you know, it's a crowded elevator and they're all financial people, which you look at Patrick Swayze and go, eh? I mean, this is post, post <laughs> roundhouse, uh, roadhouse, roadhouse, sorry, roundhouse. He did roundhouse, <laughs> but roadhouse. And, um, uh, by the way, little brief aside, look up Bill Murray and roadhouse one day. If you want to hear, read one of the funniest damn stories about Bill Murray, you can, but go on. We'll, we'll depart on that one, yeah. But uh, you know, here, here you are. You're looking at Patrick Swayze. Oh, this is uh, this is pre pre Dirty Dancing too. I, th- I think no, no, post Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing was '87. Ghost was '90. Okay, so yeah, so all of that and so much more. And um, <laughs> you're trying to believe he's a a fast uh, and and brilliant financial bank guy. Still working through that one, and he's standing in an elevator, crowded elevator, with his with his best buddy, which I think we can all safely say is the bad guy too. Um, it's a thirty and, year old movie. If you don't, yeah, know, you yeah, don't. yeah. If I could give away the, the ending on a on a twenty year old, thirty year old is just you don't even think about it now. And yeah. um, he starts with something like, "So did you go to the doctor? Oh yeah, man. He took a look at it and he said, man, you." you you, you just don't even touch it, you know, and just kind of the, 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 the story that they weave as they're standing in a very crowded elevator and the people that are just kind of bending away from them all trying <laughs> to get farther away. One of the funniest, I would love to, that to me, that sounds like something I would have done with my roommate in college. Uh, <laughs> but my fear, you. my fear, my fear would have been one of the guys go, you got that too? You know, so. all right. I will move <laughs> other on. Other than to, ghost, yeah, no, no, okay. no, no. I will move on to two others before we get to your Speaking next one. Speaking through Whoopi Goldberg, I mean, I. Uh, uh. 
the next one I have on here is from 95. It is um, targeted to a younger crowd than than many would have uh, considered on this list. Clueless. Okay. We, yeah. We've discussed Clueless in a prior episode. Um, <laughs> it is hysterically funny. Uh, yes. 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 Um, Alicia Silverstone is brilliant in it. Brittany Murphy's very funny in it. Uh, Paul oh, Rudd no, is great in it. We didn't talk Clueless. We talked about Clue. Sorry. Right. I'm straightening my head here. Yeah. Uh, Clueless is a um, it's a retelling of oh god I forget which story it is. I want to say it's um, Emma or something like that. It's an old uh, Dickinson novel. Emily Dickinson. And uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's. Wasn't she in Policewoman? Sorry. No, that's Angie Dickinson. Mm, younger sister. <laughs> by a lot, by my math. Um, <laughs> but Clueless is very funny. It's it's brilliant work from Alicia Silverstone. One of the few movies that she did that really was really just powerfully strong in terms of her comedic performance. Unfortunately, she followed it up two years later with Batman and Robin, thus killing her career. And yeah, just, just she a great stuck with Aerosmith videos. Duh. <laughs> All right. Last one, or not yeah, the last yeah, one, but no, the next no, one. No. I'm... Oh, okay. Well, here, well, let me sneak in one. Okay. Um, um, well, I still have four, so if you want to sneak oh, in one now, all right. Or, like, well, yeah. Let me let me let me toss one in here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you you'd be surprised that I think it's a chick flick, but it's because of a powerful lead actress, Glenn Close, Jagged Edge. Jagged Edge or Jagged. Fatal Attraction? Well, she was also in that too, but she was in Jagged Edge with. I didn't um, know that. I've never seen it. Oh, that actually is on, on our list of movies. You only see one once. That's a De Palma movie, isn't it? Uh, I don't remember. Um, I have to look it up. Hmm. Uh, but I was just thinking of, well, I'm still, you know, chick flicks that guys can go to and have, have a good time. I mean, it's a drama. Uh, it's a little bit of, it's a lot of bit of a thriller. Um, um, the, the, the cast you have, um, I'm going to bring it up. Um, you, you, you have, uh, uh, a, a compelling, um, you know, uh, a courtroom, courtroom st- scene type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, 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 Hey, you got a little bit of, you know, uh, Glenn Close is at the time, you know, had no problem taking off her clothes. Um, um, and um, uh, a great detective, uh, which is the name I can't remember right now until I get to IMDb. Uh, <laughs> uh, 1985. Um, oh, shit. I see something about in development. They're going to re- redo it. Jesus Christ. Uh, That's all right. They've already redone the next one I'm listing. Jeff Bridges, um, Peter Coyote. Oh, I forgot about Peter Coyote. Uh, I thought he was a great actor. He just kind of fell out of, you know, where the hell did he go? Um, 
what was his name? Come on, come on, come on. Frank Martin? No. Lance Hendrickson was in there. No kidding. I forgot about him. Mm. Um, where is the actor? Jeff Bridges. Oh, damn. I can't find it. James Karen, maybe? No. You you see him all the time. He always plays a hard-edged guy uh, in a hat. Uh, um, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find a reference to him. Uh, oh, here, wait. Robert Logia. 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 I think that's the right name. Robert Logia was a great Logia. actor. Sorry. Yeah, Logia. Um, I don't know when he died, but he, had, you know, only he, a couple of years ago, he he played the same kind of character, no matter what, um, uh, whether he was military or a policeman, it was the same kind of guy. Um, and, um, uh, Jeff Bridges, who, you know, was a goofy character. And I, I went, Oh, I know that guy. He was in Tron and among other things. Yeah. And, um, to this day is still pumping him out and, and is, an, is, is, a one of the weirdest guys to see on television in an interview show. And, uh, (laughs) but, um, it has, uh, for me, it's significant because again, that was one of the, you know, 85, that was one of the movies that, you know, Mrs. Walker and I went to. And to this day, when she watches it, she jumps out of her skin Mm. at the, at the, at the pinnacle moment. Uh, she says, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. Breaking glass. Ah! Okay. <laughs> it's like, so, so that's what makes it a chick flick is that the, 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 you know, Glenn Close, lead actress, powerful actress, powerful, uh, uh, character. So it's, it's, it's drama filled. So it's not, you know, sticky sweet though. There is, you know, a, a love and it does actually have a tra- tragic ending, but you okay. go, yay. Wow. Well, uh, Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, the girls will like it just because, wow, I didn't know she could be so tough. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So I'm going to give you two. Uh, came out within a couple of years of each other. Could not be more different. Uh, the first one, 1989, strong female ensemble cast with some good supporting uh, male cast in there as well. Uh, very funny, very dramatic. Is it? Uh, let me get. I'm not going to guess, but I'm going to say an excellent soundtrack. Not that I can remember. Okay, it's not so. really known for its soundtrack. Okay. This so, was based on a play, uh, okay. based on a real life group of women. Oh, group of women. So it wasn't Big Chill. No, it's not the Big Chill. Okay. Although that's a great call out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steel Magnolias. Never saw it. Um, it is, it's, it's one that admittedly, because of where I came from, I, I hold a special affinity towards it. Oh but, yeah. It was very Southern, wasn't it? Uh, Louisiana. Oh, okay. In a made up parish in Louisiana, a made up County. Um, it has excellent performances from Olympia Dukakis, Sally Field, uh, Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. Is, I was going to say Shirley MacLaine. She is brilliant in it. It's a very early Julia Roberts performance. Didn't she do that same character in Guarding Guarding Tess? She <laughs> No, it's it's a different kind of character. That's um, almost a chick flick, almost. Almost. Dolly Parton's really great in it. Daryl Hannah's good in it. Daryl Hannah. Hannah's, 
Daryl Hannah as the librarian looking girl in the movie. Yes. Um, this doesn't work. She's kind of the weakest link in the movie as well, but it's not like she's bad. She's just not as strong performance wise as it's not a kill bill performance. <laughs> it's, it's not a splash. It's not a kill bill. It's, it's not anything where she's really allowed to, to, to I'm use sorry. her skills and talents. Well, but you know, you're going to throw out that, okay. You know, she did actually have some good successes. Uh, oh, gotcha. she, she, she had, um, 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 Michael Douglas, uh, 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 Daryl Hannah and Michael Douglas. I don't remember them being in a movie. Um, he played the, uh, the, 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 uh, stock market mogul. Um, Oh, wall street, wall street. She was, yeah, she was, she is in wall street. She was a, yeah. Well, she was a bit character, but um, yeah, not a big performance. You're right. Yeah, yeah, Mar- yeah. Charlie Sheen's girlfriend, another failure. Wall Street, though, the best thing about Wall Street is the scene in the movie Hot Shots Part Two, where uh, Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen are both on boats, both writing in their journals. Look up, and each go, "I loved you in Wall Street." So, <laughs> the the next movie on my list is 1991. <laughs> um, <sighs> this one is different from any of the other ones on my list. It is an action movie. It is the pro. It's it's an early female-led action movie. Um, it's Amazon two women, women from Mars. No, <laughs> Thelma and Louise. And that's an okay movie for guys. Yes, a lot of good action. Um. Great performances by Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon and Harvey and, Keitel. And an emerging Brad, Brad Pitt. Yeah, one of his first movie roles. I forgot, um, Har- I forgot Harvey was in it. Okay. Yeah. He's great at it. A um, lot of great action in it. Uh, there's a lot of people in there when you look at what happens to them, it's like, yeah, they had it coming. Um well, that's probably why, for me, that's having seen it, and and the ending, you kind of go, okay, I suppose that's the only way it could have ended. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it, again, we're talking of twenty-seven-year-old movie. If you haven't seen it by now, too late. Yeah, they drive off. Oh, together. They, they, oh, come on! There's been how many times other people have done the, 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 the. Uh, the the car off the cliff happened to come across a cliff. Uh, you know, not one barrier to prevent him from going over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know the thunderbird. It was that's right. It was a it was a thunderbird um, over the cliff. Um, that's been parodied. I don't know how many times. Yeah, Wayne's World too did a great parody of it actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, chick flicks. Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, Thelma and Lee's, uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I guess I I I was drawn to it because of my my um, uh, the enjoyment of Bull Durham, which technically you could call a sort of. I would absolutely call that um, a crossover movie. I mean, yeah. Um, 
In fact, I would say that's a men. It's a movie disguised as a movie for men. Yes. That yes. women would love. Yeah. So it's kind of the reverse. It's the other side of the coin of what we're talking about. Okay. A yeah. little bit. Um, oddly enough, like you, I don't think you could do a segment on that. <laughs> There's not many like that. No. Oddly enough, though, Kevin Costner had two. I would argue Field of Dreams is the same thing. Movie disguised as being for men that really is for both. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got two left on my list. You have one left. Okay. Do you want me to give one more or do you want to give your last? Uh, well, since I already threw out Bull Durham uh, as, as, a, as a potential, but that was just a, a pickup. You go ahead. All right. Uh, this one's from 97. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It has one of my favorite performances in it of all time. Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets. Oh, uh, okay. That is an outstanding movie. Never saw the whole thing. It is uh, really... The one with Helen... Helen, Helen Hunt. Greg yeah. Kinnear, Helen Hunt, and, and Greg Jack Kinnear. Nicholson. Greg, Greg Kinnear playing a what confused me gay guy. Um just a gay because. artist in uh, yeah 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 um, Nicholson was like OCD or something like that heavily OCD uh, reclusive author mean as hell just a complete asshole to everybody and um, you know how difficult that is to be a reclusive author I mean you really have to be a good author to pull that one off yeah um it's I want to say it was uh, Nora Ephron that wrote it. I, I could easily be wrong on that, but it's it's a movie that um, has a beautiful score to it. It's a very simple score to it. Uh, Helen Hunt is excellent in it. Greg Kinnear is excellent in it. Jack Nicholson, I want to say, won an Oscar for it, or at least was nominated. And uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's I, I, every he time. Does. Every time I see uh, him in 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 something, it's always uh, for me. It's always the same thing, you know. It's like he's got to do his over the top moment. He doesn't really have that in this movie. Mm. Um, in fact, though, he has a very understated moment uh, that is outstanding. Harold Ramis is in this movie in a great small bit perform uh, part. Um, okay, I can I can be sure confident that I did not see it because I would have picked that one up. I didn't know Harold Ramis was in it. He's a doctor. In fact, um, I will I will ruin one great my, joke. My, my son, the doctor. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I will ruin one great joke in the movie that is uh, that Ramis is part of, and he's talking to the mother of this sick kid. And he says, did they have you do this test, this test, this test? No, no. Should they have? And he goes, well. And the mom goes, fucking HMO, bastard pieces of shit. And she goes, I'm sorry. He goes, no, no, it's okay. I think that's actually their technical term. <laughs> it is so beautifully delivered. <laughs> nice little nice little slap at the uh, – mm -hmm. well, considering how Harold Remus went out, uh, that's a nice little shot. Yeah. All right. I've got one left. I'll leave it to you to go next. I 
can't say it's the pinnacle. I can't say it's 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 you know the end all chick flick that guys will always love. Uh, and I don't know why I have a love for it. Um, fan of I've always been a fan of of mystery movies, and so Sam Spade and, and you know would be one of my favorite go tos for that kind of stuff, which lends itself to a bogey great Casablanca. Damn it! I should have thought of that. That is a wonderful choice. Um, you don't mind? I mean, well, filmed in black and white, not because they were trying to do something artistic, but that's what they had. Yeah. But it is so well done in filming the darks and the and the and the lights. Uh, Peter Lorre. It's actually a cast of concentration camp survivors. Yes. Um, many of whom were blacklisted later on um, during the lovely McCarthy era. Um, and But it, it has kind of a neat story. It's a, it ends up a love story, a tragedy, and has some of the best lines that are iconic lines. I mean, you know, play it again for me, Sam. Um, um, what's the friendship line? Damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Louie, I believe this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. friendship. Right, right. To, Actually, to, to, well, one character who is corrupt as hell uh, and, and just trying to survive uh, the, the, the Third Reich and another guy who had fought the Third Reich was a French resi- in the French Resistance and had retreated to Morocco. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, be, that gives me such a poor look of Morocco because I'm sure Morocco is much more. But one of the reasons I want to go to Morocco is because I've seen that movie. And it was not in Morocco. No. <laughs> it was on a soundstage. <laughs> but if that's what Morocco's like in terms of architecture and 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 uh, all of that, that would be so amazing. Um, my wife, you know, looks at me, and goes, you know, it's not like that. I, I know, I know, I know. My sister-in-law, who's been there, goes, oh, it's really not like that. Um, so, uh, but but any any guy who wants to watch a movie that you know, if you've never seen it, great, you get the surprise, you get the the the. Who has it? Um, and uh, so I, I think that's a, a great pick. Uh, really, you know, for guys wanting a movie for girls, you know, I, I often reach to Bogart, and I don't know why. I mean, the Maltese Falcon is not a girl flick, but people seem to like it. No, but um, Bogey was smoldering. In that period of time, I mean, he was a, he was a sex symbol. Yes, far yes. more than you would expect him to be. And and then you know, of course, uh, you know who he goes on to marry. Oh, baby! Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and um, uh, trying to bring up the the facts on that one, but I didn't. I can't find it right now. Um, and. Uh, soundtrack is uh, there. There's no, there's no, there's no special effects at all. Um, but a great little mystery. Um, 
you see a lot of those characters, same type of characters from Maltese Falcon. I think Maltese Falcon was first. I think so. Um, but uh, so it's a good pick for well that that and you can play the you know uh, we're going to see a, a classic movie or a film noir even it is considered film noir. Yes. Um, well, one of my favorite genres. Um, and uh, you know it's almost like you know going to an international film with all without the nudity. So my final choice. Uh, top I, that motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> get ready for the mic drop. <laughs> my final movie may be the quintessential female targeted movie that men will love. We represent the lollipop kill, the lollipop no. kill. Oh, okay. Not not that old. Not new, but not that old. Okay. It is. It is he's so down, well he's known. Down the road, I seem to be stuck on a wizard. Not the whiz. Jesus. It is so well Santa known. Santa do. Oh, it, it, uh, people who had long careers before then became redefined by this movie. Flash dance. No. This is from 1987. Last Dance is not a movie that a guy wants to see. And all I will give you as a hint, as you wish. Uh, of course. The Princess Bride. Yes, yes, of course. Boy, you had a couple of Rob Reiners in there. Um, Rob Reiner's an expert at this, though. <laughs> and look yes, at who he was working with yes. at the time, though. He had some great partnerships in the 80s and 90s. And this may be the pinnacle of that. Um, Robin Wright, Carrie Elways, Mandy Patinkin, uh, Andre the Giant, who was – talk not about – not, not, not much of a writer, but uh, <laughs> he, was, he was good. Um, quickly Billy, after that, Billy Crystal, Crystal. Uh, Sarandon, Chris Sarandon, um, yes, Christopher Guest, Christopher Guest in a great performance. Oh no, Duke, Duke, Christopher Guest, yes, um, Chris Sarandon is Humpadink, um, Humpadink, 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 um, Carol Kane, who, who was the com- comic who played the hump, um. Uh, oh, okay. I got to bring that one up now. Um, yeah. um, but you have two performances at the center of this. I can whip that that movie on, and I'm like, uh, um, you know, I'm 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 a king for uh, about well, ninety minutes. Uh, <laughs> because the wife, yeah. I mean, my kids know the lines. Uh, you know. Every time somebody makes a, a, a some sort of goofy uh, uh, phrasing, that phrase, I don't think it means what you think it means. Yes. You know? um, there are two performances, though, at the center of this movie that that really bring Turn it that to thing. And that other thing. Yes. If you don't have Fred Savage and no, Peter no. Falk as the narrative framing device, <laughs> the movie doesn't work as well. No, no. Uh, by far, 
And, and, and you don't hear Columbo. Well, maybe the first time no. I heard it. Maybe the no, first you time. don't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. This, this movie redefines Peter Falk. Um, he's not Columbo in it. He is this grandpa. He is this character who is there out of love for his grandson who doesn't appreciate what's going on until much later and who doesn't understand the importance of the story being told here. Uh, the movie was written by William Goldman, who also ended up uh, having written the book. William Goldman, who just died very recently, by the way. Yeah, um, but I tried to read the book. Well, I think I pulled it out of the library and went, ah, and that was the, the joke of the movie, I think. Yeah, that it's not at all based on the book. Almost. No, the joke of the movie is that it's and, and and the idea is that, you know, he's telling the story as his grandfather told it to him. Now, the grandfather's reading it from this book. And the book is not, you know, the book's been edited and adjusted by the grandpa to the kid to make it more palatable. And that's the joke of the movie. The conceit of the movie is that, no, it's 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 not really from this book. There's there's stuff from it, of course. But it's it's told through the lens of a man trying to help his grandson get through this illness, and it's just it is so no kissing so strong no kissing. It is such a strong book. I mean, it's a movie. Um, it is one of my favorite movies. I had the thrill of introducing my nieces to it about ten years ago. Neither one of them had seen it. I had the thrill of taking my my now wife to it. It was fun. Uh, because because as you wish became a standard response in this house. Usually when she's being a little bit impetuous and 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 you know <laughs> also like, early as you wish. So you 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 could you could yeah. <laughs> you you could have gotten that down off the shelf you, you yourself, you know. As you wish, princess. Um, <laughs> so was princess code for asshole. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but you took it well when she called you princess. That's the most important thing. <laughs> yes. 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 So yeah, that is, that is my, um, all time example of this, but I want to hear from you folks. So if you have an example of a movie that was meant for a female targeted audience but is cross you know gender gap cross everything like that let us know. Uh, respond to us at Finley's thoughts at gmail.com. Let us know on Twitter at Finley's thoughts and uh, we want to hear from you. Oh my uh, God, Arnold Schwarzenegger lobbied for the position of physique. Fezic, oh yeah, I can physic. Like I can believe it. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Wallace, whatever his name is. Uh, uh, Wallace Sean. Wallace Sean uh, is the only. I mean, I mean, this was this was just before. Well, Wallace Sean's uh, playing Fizzini. DS9. Uh, yeah, he's playing Fizzini, not Fezic. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Fezic's the giant. Fezic, rip his arms off. Tear his arms off. Sorry. But um, let us know what you think, folks. Uh, we certainly had a good time talking about this. I had a great time talking to you about this list. I I, I love the movies that we talked about here, and um, I really enjoyed doing this one tonight. So thank you very much, man. You're welcome. Yeah, that's fun. Indeed. 
No, I'm uh, reading all fact, the trivia for Princess Bride. Oh my god, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. You think that's bad? We're now at two hours. Oh, this, they'll never this, listen. This will be our thing. longest podcast we've done. Uh, they'll never listen to the whole thing. Probably not. But <laughs> if you do get to this point, let us know. Drop me a line and say something like inconceivable. Yeah, in fact, inconceivable. Yeah. If you get to this point, send me a note on Twitter. Simply inconceivable, and that's all I want to hear. And, and that thing, that thing, that other thing. <laughs> say good night, Walker. Good night, Walker. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>